There's a website that I wish I had thought of that um, is a huge boon to people everywhere that have excessive anxiety over an animal in a movie dying. The website is called DoesTheDogDie.com. It's been around for about five or six years. And um, I wish that it had been around much longer, though it wouldn't have done much good when I needed it most, which was back in the mid-90s. Um, when I was working in a video store and it it involved a movie called Fear for which I've only been able to forgive Reese Witherspoon, Mark Wahlberg, and Alyssa Milano very, very recently. But, um, the point is, is that a lot of times if you, if you go to watch or listen to something and you don't know in advance what's coming or if you expect something different then what actually ends up happening, you wish you had some forewarning. And so for this particular story, I wanted to let you know that, um, that the, the dog doesn't make it. Someone doesn't. I know that love at first sight is real because it's happened to me twice. When I first saw my husband, Dallas, it was with the sort of shock of instant recognition and desire in a level I've only ever attributed to fiction or mythology. With some people, many people I've met over the years, there's been an exciting but almost unsettling sense of deja vu. With Ella, it was more than that. I met Ella at a fundraiser with her family and like with Dallas, I was about to interview her. So I had been thinking about her before I ever met her. She was the first thing I saw when I opened the door and she'd been looking towards the door. So when the door opened, we locked eyes right away. Sometimes a thought or feeling will flash fully formed into your head. Ella was sitting on the floor and she was smiling a closed mouth smile and As we looked at each other, we both smiled bigger and bigger, the way you do when you can't help it. And the fully formed thought and feeling popped into my head. And it was, oh, hey, kiddo, it's you. Of course it is. I know you. I know you. Ella was little, but she was fearless and quick. She had an angel face, but she was a rough and tumble kid. She was named after her great-grandmother, who used to tear it up horseback riding. Ella loved horses, too, and go-karts and scooters, and she rode them all in the street in front of her house, which was on a pretty steep incline, and she was crazy smart. She loved Harry Potter and sci-fi. She especially loved Doctor Who, the newer ones, and especially David Tennant because uh, she said, I can just tell he's the one I get along with the best, which is really the best means to determine your favorite doctor. Ella was on board with the whole idea of traveling through time and space. And not only that, she really got the whole notion of how it could work a whole lot better than I could. She was insanely smart in such a way that she was able to wrap her mind around the science aspects of science fiction or other magic worlds, the logic of spells being things that required instruments and preparation and practice is what really appealed to her about 
certain sci-fi things and certain fantasy things like Harry Potter and many other books. She and I, Ella and I, read some fantastic kids' books together. You can um, email me for titles. Ella and I were reading one book together called Space Station 7th Grade by Jerry Spinelli. I had read it when I was her age. It's a little dated, but it's still pretty great. The lead character in the book is about to turn 13. And there's a section where he and his friend are talking about how crazy old 13 seems. And they're wondering how, how they got there and how far away teenagerdom felt when they were younger. And how a future age, like 30, was just impossible. It seemed like lifetimes and lifetimes away. And as we were reading this, Ella said, oh, I know that. I know this feeling. That's how I feel all the time. She said, I think to myself, I'm 10. I'm 10 years old. I never could imagine 10 years. I think, how did I get here? It feels like forever. The truth was that 10 years old for Ella was a miraculous stretch of time because according to all diagnoses, Ella, when she was much, much younger, had just a few months to live. And then they said she probably wouldn't make it past chemotherapy. And then after that, she had maybe a year. And after that, she had maybe one more year. And during these discussions, Ella wouldn't be acknowledging these statements. She would be doing things like scanning back to which hospital hallways had been the emptiest so that she could later have her parents and brother slingshot her at full speed in a wheelchair or hospital rolling chair down them. She never slowed down. She was like a twist of gender in the title of the first chapter in the first Harry Potter book. Ella was the girl who lived. At 10 years old, she was confined to her bed. So the group, um, the fundraiser where I had met her, the Children's Cancer Association built her this winding ramp that went out of her back door and twisted around and down and down. And they took her bed and put rollers on the bed legs so she could still race and race outside her house. And when she did that and she closed her eyes, she'd be in the TARDIS, I imagine, or maybe on a broomstick or maybe uh, the Starship Enterprise, all things she loved. April the 8th of this year, it will have been 1,884 days that Ella has been gone. In, I guess, five years, she will have been gone longer than she was alive. Like time travel, like a lot of things, those sort of things are numbers I can't process. I try to fold time to where she's still alive or imagine her existing in a reality where time is different. Like if the doctor were with her, all of this would be totally possible. If you knew her, it makes more sense. It makes more sense than her being gone does. A common comfort when someone we love passes is that, that their work here on earth was done. There are probably times when that seems possible, but Ella, with Ella, she, she wasn't finished. She was nowhere close to done. 
There were a million books she should have read. There were a million books she could have written. The Stranger Things series, all sorts of different series that have popped up since she's been gone are every single thing she would have loved. I'd like to think that her memory keeps going when I see things like those special shows, but I'm not able to. I just think this was made just for her and it's everything she loved and she should have been able to see it. She would have done things that had a domino effect. She should have fallen in love and had her heart broken and fallen in love again. She would have gone geeked out crazy at comic conventions. She would have blown minds and she could have explored countries in real time and space. The thing about Ella was that she got it. She got everything. And it can be wild and eerie when you meet a really young child that's like that. This was a, a girl that you couldn't talk down to. She was stronger than her little body was. She was thoughtful and witty. And she was wry and savvy. And she knew that you knew that she knew it. You felt proud and accomplished when you could tap into her interests or you could make her laugh. And in loving sci-fi at the level that she did, Ella made it easier for the people that love her. Because science fiction is where science and logic intersect with magic and infinite possibility. And because she was so alive, that is impossible to wrap your head around her not being. And because she loved it and believed in it, it is possible to picture her by the moons around Jupiter and picture her as the strange child who appears out of nowhere in medieval times who knows secrets about the future. I can picture watching from an invisible world parallel to our own, her doing that. So I, I don't know what your thoughts on the afterlife are, and I'm not even really sure of my own, but what I'm going to choose to believe is that 10 or 100 or 10,000 years from now, that my mind or the minds of anyone that knew and loved Ella or the minds of any of you that have lost someone in whatever kind of body, when you lock eyes with someone for the first time and can't stop smiling, you'll find the fully formed thought and feeling pop instantly and effortlessly and it will go hey kiddo it's you of course it is I know you I know you CCA was the fundraising organization where I met Ella and her family it stands for Children's Cancer Association and um, joyrx.org is their website. It was formed and founded years ago by a mother whose own daughter died. And today this organization serves more than 35,000 seriously ill kids and their family members. They do that every year. JoyRx.com explains that website, how they help and what they do. And what they do grows each year with donor support. They process donations anytime, of course, but the day of this particular Posting um, February 7th, 2019 is their joy drive, which means that today any donation, any gift monthly or one time, any amount is matched by sponsors. 
So every penny that they take in on the day of this posting, February 7th, is doubled. When, um, when Ella died, she asked that her life savings be divided between her big brother and CCA so that she would help other kids in the way that she had been helped. And it might be that there is or there was someone like her in your life that you would like to honor in a similar way. Or it might be that there are, there are a lot of people who just want to find and uplift someone or a group of someone's that is just truly doing good. So it's for that reason I'm letting you know CCAJoyRx.com is one of those groups. But mostly I wanted you to know that once upon a time there was a girl and her name was Ella. And she was funny and smart and kind and silly. And she wasn't done with the things she had to do here. She had plenty to do and she would have had plenty to say about everything going on. And she didn't live long enough, but when she was alive, she lived and she lived and she lived. And she was Ella. Her name was Ella. And I think you would have loved her too. 